Hello and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week again by Pistol. How are we, buddy? I'm very good, thanks, JB. What, was that too exuberant for you? Or? No, I was uh, just thinking about how I was correct and you weren't correct about Elliot Yo, and I can't stop uh, smiling. Already? It's, it's been 20 seconds, Pistol. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's Let's continue. We'll get into that in a bit. We'll definitely get into that in a bit. Um, we'll start off with how your week went, mate. Except for Elliot Yo, how was your uh, how was your overall score there, buddy? <laughs> it was not too bad. I managed to um, pip you in our head-to-head. We were actually tying pre-scale, but the scaling went my way. So fortunately, um, I got the win with a two-two-four-eight. So um, yeah, just managed to get you by a couple points. We all know rank is all that matters in this game, Pistol. I'm 180th, and where are you, my friend? Yeah, just a little bit behind at 268, but basically no points between uh, us. A little, a little bit behind, yes. No, that, that is what I thought. Um, we're going to jump straight into the round recap this week, and we're going to start off with the West Coast and Western Bulldogs game. And unlike the last few weeks of um, AFL, this one, the actual favourite one. So... It was Elliot Yo. <laughs> I can't get away from him. Elliot Yo had a blinder in this one. It, to half time though, Pistol, were you or were you not sweating? <laughs> he was on 21 points at half time, and I, I just was thinking, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake here. This is not going to be good. Um, but fortunately, he had a massive second half, scoring like 90 points. Um, he had 13 possessions in that last quarter alone. Um, I know a lot of people are complaining, saying he didn't even hit targets, but once the ball is more than 40 metres, it's automatically classified as an effective kick. So he just was pretty much intercepting the ball and then bombing it long. So effective, 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 and the points all add up and got his team um, home in the end. So yeah, just massive scaling, and thank- thankfully for me, he managed to pop out a really nice score, and um, I can't say I've had a chance to rub it in too much, but um, I've only mentioned it, what, like... 17, 18 times already? Yeah, I have blocked you from Facebook and you're still finding avenues to get to me and, and remind me of it. So thank you for that. Um, I will say though, my, my first segment of uh, JB Just Don't Do It, um, I feel like it was successful considering at halftime he was doing so poorly, but um, I suppose the super coach gods decided to kick me while I was up in this instance and just gave him a, a free 90 point second half. So he was sensational. Um, and moving beyond him, there weren't a crazy amount of Supercoach relevant players on the West Coast team, but it was Kurt Mutimer, the rookie that a lot of people decided to trade in last week considering he was a bubble boy, sneaking up to 53 and putting in a decent performance pistol. Yeah, I was quite surprised um, that he looked solid enough again. So I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to be dropped. So I'd be surprised. So yeah, well done for those trading him in. He's probably going to get at least a couple more games. Hopefully um, he lasts through to the round 11 by at least. So he plays when most people are, need him the most. Yeah, no doubt. And Mr. Consistent Jackson McRae was able to sneak up to 105 with leaving Darrowhouse, um his forward companion, short at 65 points. He had a bit of a down game. Um, Bonson Pelly was scaled from 101 to 99, making him impossible to VC loophole. Um, and in this game, there wasn't a whole lot else. Um, Caleb Daniel, maybe a an earning of stripes for him. Yeah, he had a massive last quarter as well. I think he had 15 touches or something in the last quarter. So he had bulk scaling as well, which uh, contributed to his score of 116. But um, overall, hopefully it will be um, a bounce back for uh, 
Bont owners and more more importantly the the Dalhouse owners because that was a really a terrible score for a primo forward. Yeah, he doesn't put them out too often, so I suppose we can let him off the hook this one time. Um, moving on to the next match of Hawthorne versus Brisbane Lions. And again, we say Mr. Consistent, someone who's only scored below the ton once this season. If you start the season with Tom Mitchell, 135 points is just gravy, isn't it, Pistol? Yeah, he's looking like a really solid top eight midfield option. Unfortunately, he has that round 13 by, which makes it a bit hard to squeeze him in. Um, but if you've got the room, I'd definitely go for it. He's, he's got a very kind price still at 578k. Um, he's looking fantastic. Yeah, no doubt. And someone that was looking fantastic for the second week running, um, you'll be glad to see Jared Ruffhead um, break the ton again this week. Well, close. <laughs> he got 99, so he was he was very close to breaking the ton, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, thank, thankfully, he's come good right before the buys, so his price is going to increase, and I'll be able to trade him out during the buys um, and hopefully make a tidy profit. And he's got his average to above 80, so he's finally getting to uh, where... I wanted him, um, if you kept the faith, I think that was the the key thing here because he's, he is coming good and he's got Collingwood next week, so he's probably going to get another ton. Three on the trot would be fantastic, especially um, it was very, very tough not to trade him out early. I'm, I'm really not sure how I managed to do that knowing how much I like to trade. Yeah, I can only imagine the pain you were suffering uh, over those weeks where he wasn't even scoring up to the 70 or 80 mark. Um the Brisbane Lions outfit put out a good amount of rookies with Barrett scoring a decent enough 59. And those who jumped on Barry cracking the 70 mark was very helpful for his future cash generation. He should rise for a few more weeks to come at least. And his job security looks even more secure with Rockcliffe potentially out this week, Pistol. Yeah, they said um, Rockcliffe's going to need some scans. And because of that shoulder, he's, he's in doubt this week. Although it's Rockcliffe and he, he's as tough as nails. So he could play, but... Yeah, we'll see what the scan um, result says. He did manage uh, 147 points, and he's been in unreal form. I think he's actually the top-scoring player at the moment, just so at 591k as well. It's not too expensive, but he might miss this week, and depending on the severity of that shoulder injury, he might miss plenty more. So it's possible if he does need surgery, he, he's going to be out for um, a couple months. So one to keep your eye on. Yeah, no doubt, and we always see Rockliffe with a um, with a sort of glass body with how he's treated us and our trades in the last few seasons, so it's always difficult to convince the mind to go back there, um, and this sort of proves it for us. With Stefan Martin scoring another 120-plus, makes it very difficult to convince yourself to hold on to these um, fringe ruckmen like Sandlands and Witt. We'll talk a lot about that later, but... Uh, Steph Martin's just been insane thus far. And on to the next game of St. Kilda versus Carlton. Um, I feel like we should just talk all about Doherty for this one, mate. He's just had another blinder. And looks like if he's not the top defender, then um, good luck picking one. <laughs> well, I can tell you it's probably either going to be Adams or Laird if it's not Doherty because they look like outstanding options all averaging above 110. Um, yeah, Doherty's unreal. He, he's also below 600k. He's probably not going to get much cheaper throughout the season because he's so consistent as well. Um, there was someone else from, from the Blues that I am looking at. Uh, Patrick Cripps at 543k. He has been sneakily good lately. Um, he got a 157 this week, and he's had like four or five games in a row just above 100, so he's getting better. Um, he did miss pretty much all the preseason with um, that, I think, what was it, sore back. So his 
finally um, working his way into it. And he's someone to at least look at um, in, in the coming weeks leading up into the buy. He might be a round 11 downgrade option when it's like round 12 or 13. So um, yeah, definitely something to keep your eye on. Yeah, if his last round score is a glimpse into the future, then uh, 520k uh, is just an absolute bargain. Um, and onwards to the other, well, the skipper of the Carlton Blues, Mike Murphy, putting out another ton. He's just been sensational. Um, Kay Simpson, an 80-plus score. Not exactly what we're looking for for a premium defender if you decided to jump on him, but hopefully he bounces back next week. Other rookies were Caleb Marchbank scoring a 63 um, he might have one or two weeks left of cash generation if you're not holding him through the buys. And Sam petreski Seaton's finally slowed down with a sub-60 score. So um, those who have him, though, still reaping the rewards on his cash generation considering his big score last week. Um, on to the St. Kilda team, Jack Nunes. Um, I haven't considered him as a keeper all year, is he slowly sneaking up to keep a status pistol or are we still holding him with the thoughts of upgrading him soon? Um, I think you meant Jack Steele. So Is that who I said? No, you said Jack Nunes. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in last year. Jack Steele uh, is going... He scored 114, so he's now up to 93.5 uh, average, which is right up amongst the top forwards. It's kind of an awkward situation because I think most people picked him as that mid-price so that you're willing to trade out um, around the buys. But he's looking quite good. He's got a 103 um, last three rounds average. I think he still might need to give him another week or two and see if he can put out another 100-plus score. See if he's just finding his um, feet in this St. Kilda side. He's put out some really good numbers recently. I'm really on the fence about what to do with um, Jack Steele. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat. And... It was decent enough for those who don't own him to see Dylan Robertson finally post a sub-ton score. Um, hopefully, he'll drop just a touch in price if those um, for those looking to upgrade their March Banks and um, in a couple of weeks, their Nick Newmans. Um, on to the next game of the round, and I pass over to you as per usual, Pistol. It was GWS versus Collingwood. Well, this was painful. Um, that's pretty much the, the best way to put it. Um, in the GWS side, Josh Kelly rewarded those owners that were holding him. He was kind of looking like being a sub-premium, but he's popped out of 147. And with Coniglio's injury, he's pretty much just going to um, get a little bit extra. Um, I guess he's been always a midfielder, but just, just maybe a bit more time um, running through the midfield. It's tough. They've got so many injuries at the moment, GWS. Um they, they even debuted uh, Daniel Lloyd, who managed to score 54. Um, Caniglo, as I said, out for 10 weeks, so the job security there is a, would certainly increase a little bit. Unfortunately, Heath Shaw, he's not quite living up to our standards, JB. He managed only to score a very low 77. Is he a keeper this year? I, I, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's Heath Shaw. We know what he's capable of, but look what he's been putting out for the first you know nine or so weeks. What do you think, JB? Yeah, I, I really struggle with this one because he's been so reliable lately. But when you do look at it, look at his scores like you just suggested, it doesn't scream keeper status. So um, a 77 this week was bad enough. He's dropped 90k already this season, and he's averaging 89, so sub 90. Um, all of that is danger signs, and his his scores. How many times has he scored below that ton mark? So he, in round one he was able to ton, then he had a 53 an 89, a 79, and 92. Then round six, he scored another ton. Then a 94, then 77 that last round. So 
only two tons for the whole year, and that's just very unheathrow like. Um, if you have luxury trades heading into the buys, sorry, getting through the buys, then he may be one that you look at and uh, and switch up to like a, a Lloyd type character. Yeah, I think it will depend on the cash generation. You might want to stick him at D7. Um, I mean, worst case scenario is D6, but it's been uh, pretty upsetting for those that paid, you know, 600k or so at the very beginning of the year just to get this output. Um, on the Collingwood side, Taylor Adams again with another 110 plus score. He scored 113. It's been unreal for the back lines. Just get him in if you don't have him. Um, it was somewhat, I'd say, return to form for um, still side bottom. It's a very interesting one. He scored 91. Still side bottom who has a history of going 105 plus for multiple years. Um, he's only 426 thousand so whilst i don't recommend um him as like a fully fledged fledged primo he's not going to go above 105 this year he might be someone worthwhile getting just so that you can loophole like a m9 type player 426 is ridiculously cheap for somebody that's had years of going 105 plus um let's let's wait and see watch him how he goes next week or so he's probably not going to even rise that much um brody grundy an 82 Cox wasn't playing, so it's a bit strange considering he started unbelievably well and he only ends up with an 82. Not sure if he's going to get better throughout the year. Collingwood looks um, very average, to say the least. <laughs> Scott Pendlebury with a 76 is unbelievably bad, again, from Pendles. I do not know what's going on. Maybe it's the baby. <laughs> it's. Did you see him troll everybody at halftime, JB? Yeah, ran off to the toilet, um, and I'm pretty sure by the way he was playing, he, he could have even been on 76 at the moment and gone and delivered the baby, so um, I just don't know what's up with his scoring lately, it's not the Penderbury that we know. No, so yeah, there's not much you can do, it's not like you're going <laughs> to willingly trade out Pendlebury unless he gets an injury, so just have to hold and hope uh, he comes back to his very best. I think that's it for this game, JB. Well, Trelaw was um, up to his usual trick, scoring a zero in this game, so just typical from him um, from this season. <laughs> well, depending on who you are, emergency, it might actually have turned out well for you. <laughs> Barrett scored 59 for me on my field, so actually almost what Trelaw's been scoring anyway. Um, on to the next game, and it was Essendon versus a Geelong, and... We know someone that attended this game, Pistol. <laughs> it was Chizo who attended his first ever Essendon game, and he was like a kid in a candy store. If you happen to look at our Facebook page during this match, he was just posting videos of his experience. He was going nuts. He was absolutely loving it, so glad he had such a good time. Uh, yeah, he's um he was going... I think he was a couple of beers in as well, of course, drank responsibly, but what a good win for uh, Essendon, and Geelong's form just continues to be... Very, very poor, which is surprising most. Um, Zach Merritt in this game, just another another premium output score from him, and he's just been sensational. Uh, the return of the premium midfielders Heppel and Joe Watson hasn't deterred him at all from his scoring ways. And um, other people in this game of relevance was Dangerfield, who most people had captain, uh, ended up with 112. Um, a little confusing as to how. He had a couple of clutch goals, so um, although they didn't end up winning the game, they were at important times during the game, so very lucky that he was able to do that for us and reach the ton because it was looking very dicey for a bit there. Um, Joel Selwood Pistol, he's dropping to a very affordable price. Unfortunately, you're carrying him in your team, but 
Um, do you just have to carry on with it, or are you looking to even uh, corrective trade him elsewhere? No, I think it, this is stand, standard also. I think every year he has this three-game patch of terrible scores, drops in price, and then just guns it for the rest of the year. So he's got that round 12 buy, which is perfect for those needing a premium midfielder. He's got a break-even of 150, and he's 547k. He's probably going to drop to like 520k or so. I think is a fantastic um, buy. Geelong surely have to pick it up. They can't be this bad for this long. And I think he's just going to gun it for the rest of the year. So he's someone that I'd certainly look to get in if you don't have him. But if you do have him, just hold hold the faith and hopefully um, he comes comes good quickly. It was interesting to see. He said that he'd never been he'd never lost three games in a row before. And this guy's played for like ten years and he's never lost three games in a row before. That's crazy, JB. That's just huge for... Um, it just shows Geelong's success in the last 10 years, doesn't it? They've just been so lucky and fortunate with the, the players that they rotate through their clubs. Um, in this game, though, it was Zach Twin not looking like a premium defender as he has for most of the season. And then you look down the list and uh, debuton Mark O'Connor, I believe his first name is. That's a, a complete guess. Um, he scored sub-30, and Parsons was lucky to score uh, over 30 pistols. <laughs> He's going to drop in price this week, JB. Parsons has a break-even <laughs> oh, no. of 42. Um, yeah, not so smug now, but look, I, I still think he actually keeps his, his spot. He, he wasn't one of the people that had zero tackles. Um, I know Chris Scott blames a lot of people about um, the lack of, of tackling. He also managed to pop up with a goal in the last quarter, and Seem to do little bits right at the end of the game. I think he'll keep his spot, but it's really tough. Geelong's been pretty bad um, in the last couple of weeks, so I think there'll be quite a few changes. It's going to be, um, yeah, play it by ear, see, see what happens. I really, really hope Parson gets a game next week. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and those who traded Myers in early were treated with a 58, but he is one of our main and pretty much our only trading target this week which we will talk about later. And debutant James Stewart scored a 91 pistol. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, he's a forward. He's 170K, um, scoring 91. So that does mean he's going to rise relatively quickly. Hopefully he can back that up next week and just be a really good um, option. He's got that round 13 buy for a forward, which is quite rare. Um, that's what we need um, to help us get through the buys. So, yeah, he's someone that I'm... Definitely looking at bringing in. The only problem is, for who am I looking at to bring him in? I'm not sure at this stage. <laughs> um, again, we will speak about that later. Some uh, some rookies peaking in the forward line, but we may have already traded them. Um, and on to the next game. It was Adelaide versus Melbourne, and an upset win for uh, Melbourne there. And I know I, I have a friend who had a solid eight-leg multi on, and uh, Crows was his last leg, and it would have paid out $800 from 10 Crows were paying like $1.10 or something like that. Like, he probably shouldn't have even put it in there. And they lost, so he was devastated during this game. Um, but it just goes to show you, the, the league is just almost... You can't back any team because um, form almost means nothing. So it was Rory Laird putting out another amazing score of 124 in this one. He's He's been one of the most consistent, not just defenders, but players in the whole league this year. And then um, some players were down on their usual form. It was the Bernie Vince treatment on Rory Sloan this game, Pistol. Yeah, well, to go back to your story, uh, I don't know what I'm more surprised about, Crows winning or the fact that you said you had a friend, JB. <laughs> Whoa, I thought we were friends, Pistol. The story was about you. <laughs> well, no, definitely not me. Uh, 
Couldn't catch me gambling. Um, Rory Sloan with a 70. That is not good. Two weeks in a row. His break-even now is 212, um, coming in at 615K. Probably going to drop to about 550 in the coming weeks. He's perfect to get um, coming into the buys as well. I know he's got the last buy, so it does harm a lot of people um, with those that round 13 buy. But he's looking like he's going to be great value soon. So definitely keep your eye on Rory Sloan. I'm sure he's going to keep getting attention, but he's going to figure it out. He's too good not to. Yeah, and both Hampton and Otten failed to crack the 60 mark again this game. And there wasn't a lot happening for Melbourne, except if you still have Clayton Oliver... He's just tearing it up, um, unbelievably. So put a put a smoky on him for the brown line. Um, he's been sensational, and Hibbard again. Um, he's he's been good in patches. He's been good, having good halves of footy, um, but he hasn't really strung a whole game together until now, Pistol. Yeah, he he's been getting quite a few touches, but it hasn't been translating to a good super coach score. But it did this week, um, scoring 113 for Hibbard. He's still kindly priced at 423k. I'm not entirely sure he's going to be up in the top eight defenders, but he's he's doing he's had a good start. He's giving a fair crack. I guess we said that about Clayton Oliver, and we look to be wrong there. So it is possible he's only really had one bad score of of a 56. Um, he does have a break even of 80 this week anyway, so he's probably not going to go up too much. You could look look and watch him again this week. Yeah, no doubt. And on to the Sunday games. It was Fremantle on the buzzer against Richmond, kicking a goal on the siren, uh, or just after the siren to win. Um, Alex Rant, a bit of a, a bit of a flash of old form. He's been decent this year. If you require a um, a buy round defender like he has, which is very unique, um, you'll be able to tell me exactly what buy round that is. Pistol. Um, is he is he one of our best options? For the round 12 buy, it's probably between him and Tui as the best best options. I'm still not convinced with Rance. I know he's had um, two premium years before this. The problem I'm seeing with him is that this he, his dream team to super coach ratio is always very solid, but he usually, since 2011, he's gone above 70 uh, dream team. This year, he's going up 59. So it can only trans- he, he gets a massive boost between the, the Dream Team and Supercoach ratio, but can only go so much, really. And if you're going up 59 Dream Team, you're just not going to get up to that 100 Supercoach mark. Um, he is going at 90, so he's getting up there. I don't know if he can get to the 100 mark. He just needs to get more of the ball. I think Richmond are winning. The ball's coming down less. It's probably affecting him. Um, he's I don't think he's the worst punt. He's also relatively kindly priced at 483k. He's someone to watch... If you desperately need someone for the buy, I'd probably get him in above Tui just because that history is there, and um, he's he's done well certainly um, in the last couple of weeks. So definitely keep your eye on him leading into the, the buys. Yeah, and he went into that game with just the 87 average, so um, a bit underwhelming thus far this year, as you said. Um, Dustin Martin was able to crack the first hunt in about a month, I believe. It's been a bit of a dry spell for him. Um, a lot of people in our admins uh, inbox on Facebook are talking about whether he is a good option or not. What are your thoughts on that, Pistol? Because from the start of the year, I felt he'd be inconsistent. And then he came out with a bang and everyone jumped on. I still kind of felt he'd, been, been, he'd be inconsistent. And now he's showing us inconsistency. Well, he's been consistently average in the last month or so. Um, it's pretty much, yeah, he's got a five-round average of 86, a three-round average of 95, but the season average of 108. So his first three weeks were massive. If you can't remember, he's got 159, 118, 155. 
And then he just hasn't cracked the ton since then, except uh, this week where he got 105. So he's great value, I think, at 510k. But for the purpose of a top eight midfielder, he might not be the one to get. If you if you do happen to uh, have nearly finished your team, I know there are some squads that picked all the right uh, mid prices, so they're only you know three people away from full primo. Um, Dustin Martin could be someone you'd want to nab just because he's got the good buy rounds in round 12 and he could be a perfect M9 to loophole just because he's got that high variance. He's not bad. I don't think he's such a bad option, but if you're struggling with your cash generation and you're trying to gain points on people, I'm not sure he's my number one upgrade target this week, especially with players um, like JPK, 10K more expensive and you know even Tom Mitchell, only 50K more, more expensive and Merritt. I think they're all much better options than Dustin Martin. Yeah, they've all got the runs on the board, that's for sure. Um, Dan Butler in this one was unable to crack the 40 mark. But onto the uh, Fremantle team, and Sandlands broke the ton again with 104. Um, Neil's been super consistent with another 130 plus. We spoke about him last week as a POD. He's just been absolutely sensational. I want to talk about Fife just quickly. Um, he's failed to crack the ton with a 99. Aside from his first, I think it was six weeks of form, five or six weeks of form where he was just going 100-100 and getting bigger every week. He's been poor in the last few weeks, Pistol. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. Uh, you just have to hold at this stage, maybe corrective trade if necessary um, in round 13 when he has his buy. You can look at offloading him then, but at this stage, it's just a hold and hope he improves for me. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you, you can't be trading players like this right before the buy period. You have to be... It's upgrade season, you have to take advantage. Um, the game in Shanghai is up next, and it was Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide, of course. Um, in this one, as far as Supercoach relevance goes, um, watching the game, I would have assumed Wingard had a much better score than sub-80, but he did just have sub-80. I was looking at him as a sneaky option for um, my forward line to just play in every single buy. But even better value than what he will be is Tom Lynch being held to sub-30 pistol. <laughs> oh, that is that is a hard pill to swallow for owners, especially knowing he's got a buy this week to score 29. He has a break-even now of 154, which is achievable for Tom Lynch, but he yeah, he's coming at 491k. I think a lot of people are going to jump on him as well after the buy, given he won't have another um, blank in the, in the next lot of buy rounds. Um... That's very unfortunate. He got well held. Yeah, definitely well held. Um, it was Power Pepper in this one, putting out a pretty much a last uh, hoorah for us, uh, a post-70 score, which is uh, very welcome for those who have still held him and want to just squeeze that last bit of cash out of him. And Big Jared Whitty putting up a 97. We'll talk a lot about him soon. Um, he's just been on the very verge of being premium or not premium. Um, we'll flick over to the last game of the round, and that was North Melbourne versus Sydney. A, a good game, except Sydney were able to blow it out just slightly. Um, <laughs> talk us through our conversation on the weekend pistol about Nick Newman and the highs and lows, the roller coaster that you experienced with him coming in and enabling you to take Barry 71. <laughs> well... You have given away pretty much the entire story, but to summarize, um, I may have sent an angry text to uh, JB when Nick Newman was in because he ruined my loophole, and I wanted to take <laughs> Barry 71. He pretty much eclipsed that by quarter time, so I, I was pretty happy <laughs> afterwards, but it was certainly a roller coaster emotion. And there were a couple of teams um, in a few of my leagues, actually, that were using Nick Newman as a captain loophole, 
that they got stuck because they didn't have any North Melbourne or Swans players, so they had to leave the captaincy on Nick Newman, and they end up getting pretty much the highest score of the week doubled. That's insane, isn't it? I just can't comprehend it. Very lucky people, but Nick Newman surely now, surely horse rewards him with a, a good fortnight of footy, even with the emergence of Dane Rampey. Yeah, so Rampey should be back this week, so it'll be interesting to see. You just think, coming off 11 marks, 35 possessions, which sound like needful numbers, but he's done it in the AFL. You can't drop him, can you, JB? Uh, if he does, I'm going to find horse and, and drop him, <laughs> I reckon. Um <laughs> So it was the return to form big time from the uh, Sydney Premiums. Hattery's been in good form as it is, but he was able to post 130-plus for, um, I I think, maybe the first time this year, Pistol. Um, And JPK, a big return to form, considering he'd had a a very sour fortnight. Um, And then you move past them, and you look at Isaac Keeney, looking like a budget premium forward if uh, if you've left the spot open. Just has that horrendous buy. Yeah, he's 491k, so he's still pretty cheap. He's averaging 107. He's had three massive weeks in a row. So he came in and he, he, he's got a 75 on his return, and you're thinking, oh, maybe not this year. Maybe he'll be good for next year. But then he's come out with a 107, 116, and 130. His break-even's down to 44, and he looks unreal. Um, you know, if Sydney are going to make finals and if they're going to win pretty much the rest of their games for the rest of the year, Heaney's going to score well, Henry's going to score well, JPK's going to score well, Newman's going to be the top-scoring defender. Um, <laughs> maybe not the Newman <laughs> part, but everyone else is going to return to form. So all these players right now are massive value if you believe Swans are and can be the real deal. Yeah, no doubt. And Franklin posted a lowly for Franklin score of 82, which was 14 points below his average, a little disappointing. And with those two players having been mentioned, Heaney and Franklin, there'll be an article on the page this week of Heaney versus Franklin if you have neither. And I'm looking to trade one of them in considering Franklin scored 160 uh, not so long ago at all. And Heaney's been on fire as of late. So a bit of a tough decision. Um, and we really break it down for you in a good article there. Um, and moving past those, it's Lloyd, who is looking like one of the top defenders, maybe not Newman so much. Um, he posted another uh, big, or well, not big, but a big score for a defender and a low ton. Um, and we, he's just looking safe as houses thus far, and not that expensive actually, although he does have that buy round, which isn't ideal. Um, and moving on to the North Melbourne team, Goldstein was the only player that was able to get a ton in this for uh, North Melbourne. Is he looking like a decent option yet, or is Proust still threatening to come back in and ruin him? It's pretty tough because Proust is absolutely dominating in the, the VFL. Um, he has gone back-to-back tons, so this could be a return to form for Big Goldie. He's very kindly priced still at 490k. Um, look, it's a tough one because you just got to ask yourself the question at the end of the year. Goldie's got the sore ankle. Proust is dominating the VFL. They can't make finals. What would you do? Like, I mean... My, my head tells me, yeah, he's, he's great value, but at the same time, it's telling me, well, in the last couple of rounds, he's probably going to go on for an early surgery, maybe get some extra time in the preseason, and they're going to just get some games into Proust because it's too good not to get games into. So um, it's kind of eating at me, especially with this um, ruck situation. I'm not sure which way to lean at this stage, but he's certainly looking like he could be coming back into um, some short-term form. Yeah, no doubt. And just to wrap up North Melbourne, Higgins uh, was just shy of the 90 mark with an 89. 
Um, just ticking along, flying under the radar, trying not to let the mere mortals know that he is um, godly, so he'll, he'll step up soon. And Vickers Wheel is posting a very, very lucrative 79, so uh, those who own him will be very happy to have seen that. And having said that, we're going to jump into the rookies pistol. So um, there's two trading targets this week. I think um, it's difficult to talk about them because a lot of people would have jumped on Myers last week. Um, and a lot of people are thinking of even jumping on him next week and double upgrading this week. So um, we'll just assess what we can. So first of all, is Myers with a negative 25 break even? Job security, is it there as much as we think pistol? I think it is. Essendon need, you know, outside runners, and he's someone that's got a good good foot on him. He, he is working his way back into it. I mean, two years out of the game is a long time for anybody, so he can only get better, and I think they'll give him those opportunities, especially given how much he dominated when he was in the VFL. So for me, he's a good option. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't have a great buy with around 13 buy um, in the midfield, but we don't have that many choices, JB, and his job security looks solid, so um, he, he'll definitely be coming in for me. The only other choice is Durden from North Melbourne, uh, the only other bubble boy that we can seriously look at this week. He's um, selectable just uh, only solely in the forward line, and he's got a negative 19 break-even. He did look good last game. He looked like breaking into a decent score, but was just held back in the end. Um, is he a genuine option? If you traded in Myers last week, would you be getting Durden this week? Oh. I'm not sure I'd be getting dirt, and there's some other options um, going around. As I said, Daniel Lloyd from GWS with that Caniglio news, he might be someone to get early, but I think the main one is um, James Stewart's probably earned himself a month in that Essendon side. So if I was going to jump on any of these um, rookies that weren't Myers, it would probably be James Stewart, even though it's early and it's breaking all sorts of rules. Um, just scoring 91 in the first game and looking so competent <laughs> at a AFL level. Um, I think he'll at least play until his, his buy. So that's probably good enough for me. That's all you really want when you're trading in rookies at this stage of the year. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, the world's easiest trade, as we uh, so named it last week, Cheese on I, SPP to Myers. He's the first on the trade-out targets. Um, 54 break-even now. He could still make a little bit of money. He's um, he's had a couple of good weeks in a row. Now, with we're tasked with deciding between holding him this week and playing a slightly lesser rookie on field or assuming he'll maintain his current price and playing him all through the buys. What do you think, Pistol? Ooh, I think uh, it is probably the world's easiest trade. You need money. You need to upgrade to get your team better so you can score more points and you can move up the rankings. And the best way to do that is SPP has the buy, doesn't have that much cash more to make. Myers looks like a solid trade-in. One for the other. I think already more than 5% of the competition has done that trade, and it's only um, Monday. So by the time teams come out, you're expecting you know, 15, 20, 25% maybe even of all players to have made that trade. And I think there's a reason for that, and that's just because it's the best option this week. Yeah, no doubt. And those who have Butler and even Will Hoskin Elliott, both of their break-evens are up and about. So Butler's is at 69 Will Hoskinelli at 89. So um, they're both probably trade-out options. I'd suggest going Sam Powpepper to Myers and then trying to get Butler or Will Hoskinelli up to, say, for example, you're a nuppy and missed Yo like me, trying to get him up to someone like Yo. So um, those who are carrying on with Parfit, Houston, Otten, Kirtley, Hampton, and Bruce, 
Um, it's probably trade time for those guys. You reckon, Pistol? Yeah, anyone with a break-even that's close to their average, um, especially Williamson, um, you just it's time to go. If you can downgrade to a, a Myers and then use the money to upgrade one of those rookies to a Primo, you're flying. So that's certainly uh, the advice I'd give this week. Yeah, no doubt. I 100% agree with that. And our last talking point for the podcast, Pistol, wits to kick or to trade. So we've had a lot of discussion on the page about this and a lot of discussion amongst our admins, not knowing exactly what Wits is in our team. So um, to summarize, we selected him at the start of the season as a rookie. Um, we considered him a rookie price player. We're playing him on the field instead of playing someone else on the field in the midfield or in defense or the forward. So he was definitely a rookie price player. Um, we expected 70 plus, I think. Um, I don't think many people came in expecting 90 plus. And then we also still expected people like Goldstein and Gorn to be up and about scoring 100-plus, just hopefully uh, not as much of a gap so we didn't get burnt too hard. But it genuinely looks like Wits could be a top five, top four Ruckman for the year. Are we holding this man, at the very least short term, are we holding him this week? (laughs) This is uh, definitely something that I'm happy you brought up because it is a massive uh, talking point for overall score at the moment he is sixth with Sandyland's fifth um, there's only nine points separating them this is a big call personally if you're averaging 94 uh, I can't really justify trading them out I know they're going to play through the buyers and probably average 90 through each of those weeks which is seems like quite a big um, bonus on, on everyone else that doesn't own him the only person at the moment I would definitely trade him to, if I had to, was Steph Martin. I think um, he's averaging 109, so there's a considerable jump between um, 94 and 109. If you're looking at someone else, it's really hard to pinpoint the next best Ruckman. I think like Mumford's averaging 103, but I'm not sure um, I would grab Big Mummy. Then you've got players like Jacobs and McAvoy, who still around the 100 mark. And then Grundy is about 90, which is a downgrade. Not sure that's something that I would consider. And then you've got Goldstein, who's probably the biggest unknown and wild card that's um, available. He's averaging 90. He's in good form. We know he's capable of massive scores. Um, I did mention it before. It's very tricky situation, especially if um, Goldie has a niggle and they want to play Proust near the end of the year. Then you're just going to burn a trade um, down the track. I'm thinking the best strategy for Wits might be hold and trade him to Gorn when Gorn is back. Otherwise, you're probably not gaining enough points to make it worthwhile unless you're getting Steph Martin. But other people might be planning to do some sort of Sandy Lance to Steph Martin during the buys. Um, so I think that's pretty much the way to go about it. So Pistol, that's, um, that's all well and good, mate. But what if you have a donut this round by holding Wits? <laughs> Ooh, no, that's that's definitely a good question. If you have a donut this week by holding Wits, I would definitely trade him to Steph Martin. Um, it's not worth copying a donut um, for that. Unless, of course, you trade to Steph Martin, then you're going to cop a donut in round 11 because of it, then you're just trading donut for donut. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't quite work. Um, but if you think you're going to get away with it in round 11, then I would certainly trade to Steph Martin. Otherwise, I would probably look at holding, um, but really, if you're going to cough a donut, that's that's pretty unfortunate. Oh, jeez. You've, um, <laughs> you've given a few different answers there, Pistol. I think the moral of your answer is um, if it's a no-brainer to hold wits if you can get covered from this week, an absolute no-brainer. Um, and if you, if you are going to cough a donut, you're just going to have to struggle with that decision all week. 
and uh, figure out whether Wits playing through all the buys is worth copying the donut this week or if um, missing up a Ruckman later on just two rounds down the track is worth uh, trading him out this week and using a trade. So um, it is a very difficult predicament. If I was in the donut um, side of things, I'd probably trade to Steph Martin because um, at least in the round 11 buy, you've got 18 players. This round, you're going to cop a donut, whereas everyone else isn't. So um, there is a slight difference there, but yeah, it's it's a very precarious situation. More of the story is start with a, a ruck swing, a ruck forward swing pistol. Yeah, or have Pruce and hopefully Pruce comes back this week. That would be phenomenal. Oh, that'd be good timing. That'd be great timing for some people. Um, and that'll wrap up our discussion points, Pistol. It's been great having you on the podcast. Do you have anything from the Cancer Council from us this week? Well, I just want to say um, thanks very much for everyone's donations. We have indeed um, eclipsed our total from last year, which was um, 1283. Um, so now we are at 1297, which is unbelievable amount of money. So um, thank you, everyone, for the donations. We will be doing a... Um, team review on the Thursday podcast so um, we're looking forward to doing that and yeah if you uh, do happen to cop a donut this week uh, because of that Wits decision remember there is the donate for donuts which is just pledging a certain amount just say one dollar two dollars ten dollars and if you, every time you get a donut you donate that amount um, it is quite a lot of fun so yeah just just get around it and um, good luck this week guys yeah I plan on um, giving a twenty dollar pledge for donut for donate for donuts but a five dollar two dollar one dollar twenty dollar forty dollar like it doesn't matter what you donate it's all much appreciated by the cancer council and by us when we see that money go in it just um it's a great feeling seeing that uh that little grand total tick up so um just a great thing we've got going there with the cancer council um and that'll be us done pistol it'll be us again on the friday so um, Chizo's just up and left us, mate. We've um, we're, we're feeling a bit uh, abandoned at the moment. <laughs> He'll be back eventually, um, <laughs> but no, you might get sick of us uh, for the next couple of weeks. But if you did enjoy the podcast, uh, don't forget to chuck us a review on iTunes and um, leave a comment if you want. Just say uh, "pistol is the best." That would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and you don't have to lie. You can chuck in JB's the best, so it's um, it's completely up to you. Um, where do they find our email again, Pistol? For if they do donate, they are eligible for a team review on the podcast. Or you can just email us anyway if you uh, just want to ask some questions or anything. You can get hold of us at drscpod at gmail.com. So Dr. Supercoachpod, but drscpod at gmail.com. Excellent. And you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, all the usuals. The, po- the links will be on the Facebook post um, if you go via that way. Supercoach Championship ring is up and about. There's been a few purchases recently as the shipping will get there nearing that final stage. So um, very, very good product we have there. Uh, make sure you chuck in the code that we provide in the comment section and we'll talk to you all on Friday. Thanks for joining us, community, and thank you, Pistol. Thanks, community. Bye.